Hey, everybody. Welcome to At The Movies, our first segment in this series, and uh, we're really excited. So I want to introduce my first movie, my first favorite movie. It's called The Princess Bride. Perhaps you've seen it before. And uh, matter of fact, I was reading an article. It said there are two kinds of people when it comes to this movie. Those who've seen The Princess Bride and loved it and those who have not seen it. So that's pretty much kind of characterizes this movie. You know, you don't find very many movies that are come in at as a five-star movie. Well, this one does. And it's a wonderful family movie. And it's one of, my, one of my favorites and my family's favorites for many, many years. And so I want to begin by talking about The Princess Bride and, and just laying the foundation for this. Now, of course, on Thursday night or Sunday morning uh, in all of these movies, including this one, we are going to be playing clips from the movie. So I'll tell you which clips that we would have been playing. And I really apologize that we can't play those clips for you. And perhaps you can rent the movie or, uh, or just kind of follow along if you want. But uh, I'm just going to do my very best to kind of tell the story and then tell you where those clips are going to be. So we begin with, of course, the love story of the farm boy named Wesley, who, of course, Buttercup is the young lady, the farm gal who is uh, there in, in this beautiful land of, of Florin. And and so she, of course, doesn't know his name. She just calls him farm boy. And she speaks to him and says, farm boy, would you, you know, cut this wood? Would you do this? Would you fetch that pail of water? And would you polish my saddle? I want to see my face in the morning. And every response from him was, as you wish. And of course, as the story is being told by Peter Falk as he's telling his grandson, which is kind of a comical uh, experience all in itself, because the little grandson is sick, and he is reading this story, The Princess Bride, to him. So but the, the farm boy, going back to the story, the farm boy says, as you wish, every time when she asks him to do something. In that course of time, of course, what he says is, instead of as you wish, what he's really saying is, I love you. In time, Buttercup and the form, farm boy fall in love. And, of course, he needs to be able to travel and find his fortune. So the story ultimately is about true love and how true love can overcome every obstacle there is in the world, even the fear of death and death itself. So Wesley and Buttercup, of course, as you know, they fall in love, and Wesley leaves to make his fortune so that they can marry. But while en route, his ship is attacked by the dread pirate Roberts, who kills him. And of course, what a downer in this part of the story. He's like, wow, it started off a love story, and then of course she is depressed, and she says and vows, I'll never love again. Well, because she's overcome with grief, we find out that five years later, uh, Prince uh, Humperdinck is his name. <laughs> what a comical name, right? Humperdinck discovers Buttercup, and he, of course, wants to marry her, make him uh, her his, his princess. And again, uh, but Buttercup is, is still depressed. She's still uh, in, in, in living in such a way as she'll never love, even though she convinces herself that maybe one day, you know, she'll find love again. But what she does is she loves to go on her uh, ride. And, uh, and this is where we pick up one of our clips is she's on her ride while she is in preparation. She's waiting to get married to Prince Humperdinck. Well, while she's on one of her morning rides, she is kidnapped by three rogues. And these three rogues are comprised of a self-proclaimed evil genius with a lisp, 
a unemployed, an unemployed circus giant and a vengeful Spanish swordsman who have been hired by Humperdinck to kill Buttercup and blame her death on the neighboring country of Gilder. And we find out in the stories he's doing this. So she's just a pawn in his evil scheme to try to start a war and apparently to increase his kingdom. So, of course, this confuses the issue because the three rogues throw on her boat and they go out into the, to, into the ocean, into the seas. And, uh, but then they notice that a dark ship is following in behind them. And this whole time, they begin to, you begin to learn about who these people are, the three different rogues. And, um, but what we find is that this, this dread turns out to be the dread pirate Roberts himself who is following them and is trying to capture their ship. And it appears that he wants to capture Buttercup as well. So we have our third clip in the movie where we will show the swords fight, a sword fight between the Spanish uh, swordsman. And his name is Inigo Montoya. And he is full of vengeance looking for the six-fingered man who murdered his father. So when the dread pirate Roberts comes up the cliffs of insanity and is going to fight and try to capture Buttercup, he is left behind. Inigo is left behind. And, and Inigo and the dread pirate Roberts, as referred to as the man in black, begin to sword fight. And sure enough, the man in black or the dread pirate Roberts wins the sword fight after a little bit of comical play there. And uh, so what you find in the story is that he is determined. So he defeats the Spaniard. Then he moves on and he... Uh, uh, the, the giant, the circus giant, is left behind to fight the Dread Pirate Roberts. Well, they wrestle and fight, and then the man in black defeats the great giant. Well, then he pushes past him, and he finds the uh, Vincini, the this, this small little lisp genius, sitting there with Buttercup and a knife to her throat and says, let's have a battle of wits. And the Dread Pirate Roberts sits down, and they face off, and he suggests that a battle to the death where he says uh, he's going to put poison in one cup of the two cups of wine, and whoever drinks the, whoever, you know, he has to decide which one to, cup to drink to whether he's going to live or die. And, uh, and then the winner takes all. Whoever survives this, whoever drinks, so Vincini is going to drink from the cup that he thinks is not poisoned, and, uh, and the Dread Pirate Roberts is going to drink the other one. So whoever has the poison is going to die. So Vincini, in his very comical connection, determines that he is going to drink one of the cups, switches it at the last minute, and then Vincini laughs because he thinks he's fooled the Dread Pirate Roberts, only to find out that the Dread Pirate Roberts has taken all this period of time to uh, inoculate himself, as it were, to this poison. So he wouldn't have died if he took it anyway but Vincini falls over dead. So the man in black, the Dread Pirate Roberts, grabs uh, Buttercup by their hand, and he's leading her away. And of course, the whole time, she's, think she's she thinking she's been re-kidnapped by another you know, wicked man. Well, they get to this high uh, uh, part of this mountain as they're running away, and they sit down to rest. And this is where I play a clip here, and I call it the reunion where he begins to ask her questions about why she was wanting to marry uh, Prince Humperdinck. And that, you know, and he told her that he actually had met her love, Wesley. 
and that before he killed them, he had communicated with her that, that the reason he wanted to live was because of true love, that he was in love with Buttercup and that he must live. And uh, of course, her heart was broken to hear that he didn't spare his life. Well, she, of course, is arguing with him as he's mocking her. And in, in, in the whole time, of course, you're beginning to see that this Dread Pirate Roberts, this man in black, the whole time is Wesley himself. And you begin to discover that Wesley survived. And, but she doesn't know it yet and shoves him down the hill and he rolls down the hill all the way to the bottom. And as he's falling, he says, as you wish. And that's when we discover and they discover one another. There's a wonderful reunion. They kiss and they hug. She's excited to know that Wesley is still alive. And you think this is one of those, you know, they live in happily ever after. Well, the movie continues to get even more comical and interesting. So they go into the fire swamp to hide from Prince Humperdinck, who is trying to capture her back. For all you know up to this point, and what you suspicion is that he is really wanting her back, but what we now know is that uh, he wanted her dead. But this whole plan has been interrupted as a result of Wesley coming back and recapturing his love. So they're in the fire swamp, and they almost die, but they make it. And they come out on the other side, and Prince Humperdinck is waiting. Of course, he's going to kill Wesley and capture Buttercup and go right back to his evil plan, but she insists and says, don't kill him. I will gladly go with you without a fight if you will just let him live. And, of course, he agrees to it. But his intention was always to just have him tortured and die. Well, so she goes back with uh, Prince Humperdinck and uh, only to discover that they're going to get married, but she begins to suspicion that something is up and something is wrong. But Prince, uh, but Wesley is being tortured and he dies. So we again think, oh boy, this story is, this is the second time that we think he's dead. And he's laying there in the torture chamber. And, uh, but meanwhile, Inigo and the giant who have both recovered from their defeat from the man in black, want to be able to bring vengeance upon Inigo's real need to capture the six-fingered man in some, in some possible way. So now that Vincini is dead and gone, they both come together and they're going to find that six-fingered man. But Inigo says, I've got to have help. And he knew that the only one who'd ever defeated him in battle was the Dread Pirate Roberts, who we now know is Wesley. But Wesley is dead. And so they find his body, and they're just all, you know, of course, uh, defeated to think, wow, we were too late. But then they think, wait a minute, maybe we can have a miracle. Maybe a miracle can be performed, and we will take his body to Miracle Max. And this is our next clip where we show them coming to Billy Crystal, who is playing the part of Miracle Max, and he's just awesome. It's very comedic, and they make a big, super large chocolate-covered pill, and they give it because Miracle Max says that Wesley is only, uh, only partially dead. He's not all dead, but he's only um, partially dead. And so he, uh, um, they give him the pill, and he goes and they drag his body that's still lifeless to the castle. But in time, of course, Wesley wakes up. He can't move really well, but they storm the castle and they're able to go in and to capture Prince, uh, Princess Buttercup from the clutches of Humperdinck who was going to kill her and, uh, and uh, do a, a double cross on the kingdom and taking this beautiful young lady. But 
Leslie is able to come and rescue her, and they all leave on four white horses to live happily ever after. And also, Inigo is able to find the six-fingered man and kill him, and so everybody's happy. So the story ends with them riding off into the sunset and Wesley and Buttercup finally being restored in their true love. So the story, of course, is a wonderful fantasy. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, but there's all these different elements. But one of the things that, that I was thinking about, as far as there being a spiritual lesson that we can learn from this movie when we think of having fun with movies, we, 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 we think about true love. You know, true love is something that we all seek. You know, I mean, if we really ask ourselves, that's why we love movies like this, is because we all want someone in our life that we can love, and we want to be loved. I mean, if we really are honest with ourselves, we're all asking that one question, who loves me? Who loves me? And who is going to sacrifice for me? Who is going to take some time to really treat me with the kind of love that I need? And so the story is very intriguing that way as we look at Princess Buttercup Cup and and Wesley falling in love, it, it touches our heart. But to see them ripped apart through murder and intrigue and all of that, of course, it makes us all feel a little bit depressed because for one reason, and that is, you know what, just like the fantasy, just like the story, sometimes true love is elusive. Just when we think we have it, it's ripped away from us. Maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you had the love of your life or something in your life that was happening and it was only a big disappointment. Maybe you had a hope or a dream of something that you wanted to see happen and it failed. It, it fell apart. It didn't become what you wished it could have been. And again, we kind of get in our mind of a fantasy. And that's, folks, I'll just be honest with you. When it comes to the things in this world that we want to derive real joy and happiness from, in the end, it really is a fantasy. Those things that we try to look for and, and find true love or true happiness, they kind of just crumble in our hands. They never really become what we hope they could become, even in human relationships. So in the Bible, does the Bible speak about that? Does the Bible have anything to say about fantasy or even having a true love or having that sense of completeness or finding something that gives us true happiness? Absolutely. The Bible does say that. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him would be saved. You know, And so the Bible is very clear about God loving us to that extent. Is there any person in the world or the universe that loves us with a kind of love that is everlasting or that is true in every capacity? Absolutely. And it's God himself. He showed us his love by sending his only begotten son, Jesus. And Jesus, he showed us some awesome love too by dying on the cross for our sins. That's amazing. Here we are searching for the kind of love in this life that will satisfy. But there's only one kind of love that really will satisfy. To fill that void in our heart, to really get to that place where we feel like, man, I'm complete. I'm never gonna be let down. You know what I'm talking about. Many of us have been loved, let down, even by the people that we love and cherish in our lives. No one's perfect. No one can love us perfectly. But you know what? God can. And he did. He showed his perfect love by sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sin. 
you know, like Inigo. He was filled with vengeance because the love of his life, his father, was killed right in front of him. And so vengeance rolled up in his heart. And sometimes that happens. If we don't get that love, we have vengeance. And if we don't get that love, we might become full of self-pity. And if we don't get that love, we become depressed. And we become, you know, jaded. And we want to just fight against the world. But you know what, my friend? I want to tell you right now, if you're listening to this message today, it's important that you just go ahead and give up and give into the one who loves you most. You know, the living God is alive. He's real, and he shows us the kind of love. It may not be the marital kind of love. It's not the, 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 you know, the kind of love that, that, that we, we think of humanly, but it is the kind of love that really will fill our hearts with peace and with joy. And I'm glad I made that decision myself many years ago to give my life to Christ and to know that he loves me every single day. You know, people can disappoint me, but God will never disappoint me. He has shown his commitment to me by dying on the cross for my sins. And that's amazing stuff right there. So we do not have to do all these things. We don't have to bypass. We don't have to keep searching in this world for this love because it's right there in front of us. The Bible says all we have to do is reach out and get it. The Bible says all we have to do is ask the Lord who loves us the most to come into our heart and be our Savior, to come and to show his love. And you might ask, well, what does that mean for my everyday life? Well, if we will just let God in, he will show his love by caring for us, taking care of us, to to go before us and make our way straight by taking the things that, care the, that we care about the most and, and bringing them before him through prayer and asking him to bless those things, to bless us, to give us success, to give us joy. You know, joy is what we really are all seeking for because love always will end in real joy. That's what we're really after, is to have that joy in our heart. God says that it was a great uh, joy of his to give his only begotten son. So, Folks, here's the key, though. You know, we can know the story, but do we believe the story? We can, excuse me, we can know that Jesus loves us and that he died on, for, on the cross for the, the world's sins, but did, do we believe that he died for my sins? Do we believe that he died for me specifically? You know, it's really clear that the Bible, and the Bible makes clear that if we will believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I believe that God raised him from the dead and that he's alive and living with the Father and ready to come again. If I believe that, I will be saved. Now, not just saved, and I love the idea of what salvation really is. Salvation is not just eternal life. Of course, that's wonderful to live with God forever and know him and be at peace and, and be in, in love with him forever. But for right now, to experience his love, his satisfaction, his peace, his real joy in my heart right now. Is that something that you want? I hope so. Because if you will just take a moment to pray with me today, I want to ask God to help you receive the love of God. You know, it's not a fantasy. It may be a movie like The Princess Bride in most of our minds, but the truth of the matter is, it is real, and you can have it today. Let me finish with a final verse here for you. I love this. In Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, separate you, separate me from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, 
Nothing can separate us from this wonderful love. Not even the dread pirate Roberts, not even the evil Humperdinck, not anything in our life that might come our way, not even death itself. Isn't that amazing? Could ever separate us from the love of God. You know, you're going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. But the love of God promises that we will be caught up, that our spirit will exist and be with him forever to enjoy this wonderful love. Let me take a moment to pray with you, okay? Let's do that. Lord, I thank you for everyone who is listening to this video today. And Lord, just took the time to come and enjoy this story. Lord, in that we will take some time to maybe watch The Princess Bride again with our family. But Lord, to just extract from it today, Lord, this Romans chapter eight promise that Lord, nothing is gonna separate us from the love of God. Lord, nothing in this creation, nothing above the earth, nothing below the earth. Lord, no, there's no, there's no timetable, nothing can separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus. So Lord, I just pray for everyone listening to my voice today, that Lord, they would take a moment and to give their lives to Jesus Christ, to experience this great love, to receive this great gift. So we're gonna pray that right now. Whoever's listening right now, right where you are, if you're there at your computer or listening on your phone, would you repeat this prayer after me? Lord Jesus, I ask you, to come into my heart today. I receive your love. I receive this gift of eternal life. I receive the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I thank you that a place has been made. A place has been made for me to live with you forever. I thank you that even here and now, I will be able to enjoy your favor, to enjoy your love, to enjoy your peace and your satisfaction forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so glad that you took a moment to pray that prayer with me today. And I tell you what, if you're listening and you live in our area, we would love to have you on a Sunday morning here at Valley Community Church. And you know what? If you'd like to see the actual clips, then just come and visit with us on a Thursday night or a Sunday and three services that we have. But if you want to continue to follow, we will continue to have video uploads for the rest of the sermons in this series. We love you. We're for you. Hope to see you again. God bless and you have a great, great day.